Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Thank you all for coming and being with us here at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The intro it for the fifth Sunday of Easter. Sing to the Lord a new song. Alleluia. For he has revealed his righteousness in the sign of the nations. Alleluia. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing to the Lord a new song. Alleluia. For he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Alleluia. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday of Easter is from Isaiah chapter 12. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you are angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth, shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from James chapter 1. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. 
When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever wondered why we sing? Why is it that when our favorite song comes on in the car, you just can't help but start singing it? Why is it that when you're bored, maybe the first thing you do is you put some headphones in or you turn the radio on? Why is it that when we're feeling something, especially something intense, oftentimes the first thing that we'll do is we'll go and find some music to either maybe cheer us up or maybe just music that resonates with how we're feeling at the moment. Have you ever tried watching a movie without music? It's a very different thing. And how often do you find yourself just singing along with those Disney movies? Or maybe if you're playing a video game, find yourself humming along with your favorite exciting strain that goes through. And of course, if we're thinking about music in all of these other places, we also have to wonder, why do we sing in worship? What is the point of us singing and using music in our worship lives? And the point, of course, is to sing the song of the Lord. To sing the tales of what he's done for us in the past, tales of what he's doing for us now and the truth of what he will do for us in the future. Listen again, therefore, to our intro for today and hear about this song, about the song of the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, Alleluia, for he has revealed his righteousness in the sign of the nations, Alleluia. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing to the Lord a new song, Alleluia. For he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Alleluia. Perhaps before we begin talking about specifically the song of the Lord, we should contemplate what is the purpose of music? What does it do? Well, like so many art forms, music has this unique way of carrying meaning with it. It doesn't even need to have any words, but if you just listen to music, you're going to start feeling something. Maybe it will even be what the 
artist who put it together wants you to feel. Or maybe you'll feel angry because you don't like whatever it is that the artist is wanting you to feel. Or you'll feel happy because you're appreciating how much work went into it. But really, it carries that emotion. There are some songs that are just inherently sad. And some songs that are inherently joyful. And music can carry that in a way that is very unique. However, at the same time, it certainly can also carry words, which means that it can also carry information. It can communicate with us on more than one level at a time, both with our feelings and our emotions, but also with our minds, with the message that it's trying to give us. And really, that's what music is trying to do. It's trying to communicate something. Whether that be an emotion or information. But we should also recognize that music is not just some sort of random thing that just happened. Music came into us because we were created in God's image. And therefore, we too love to create. We too love art and beauty. And it did not take long for music to enter into the world. It appears first in the Bible in Genesis 4 verse 21, which is only eight generations in, seven generations from Adam, before the flood. One of the sons of Cain are referred to as the ones from whom those who can play the lyre came. And we can see as we go through the Bible that music was clearly used to teach the people what God had done, to sing that song of the Lord. But even just aside from that sacred use, music is clearly used through all of time as we can see to rejoice and celebrate the good things in life. Perhaps nowhere is music more associated than with weddings and parties. The joy that music can bring is wonderful and amazing. And if you just want proof that God approves the use of music in worship, look no further than the book of Psalms. What is essentially an entire hymn book in the Bible that God has given us through those he inspired to write those psalms as ways of raising our voices to him and praising him and of telling people what he has done. In many ways, the entire book of psalms is the song of the Lord. But what is the purpose of music in your own Life. How do you use music in your life? Do you use it as a way to sort of escape from reality and not have to deal with the problems that are coming up? Or do you use it as a way to add emphasis and to help cope with reality as it is? Do you allow music to teach you things that you don't really actually want to know? Or do you allow music to teach you the most important things? 
put it simply, in your life, is music a tool of the devil, the world, and your sinful nature, or is it a tool of the Lord? We all know what the answer to that question should be. Whether or not we successfully pull it off is, of course, another question. But we all know how powerful a tool music can be in service to the Lord. Which is why we use music in worship so often. We have a great example of this actually here in our congregation just now. How much better is it? that we have figured out all of the music aspects to be able to play, that Shelley has been able to record these things for us. And it was that very first time that we tried it, and music just wasn't working. It was different, wasn't it? Make no mistake, the word of God was still preached, the sacrament of the altar was still had, but there wasn't that oomph that maybe we're used to. There wasn't that emotional emphasis that we like to have. There wasn't that extra teaching that we get from our hymns. And maybe that made that Easter Sunday feel not quite like normal, aside from all the other not quite like normal things going on. So, what is the purpose of music in worship? I'm not going to dive too deeply into the contemporary versus traditional music debate here. Because honestly, I think that those labels are a little bit overused now. And that we sort of miss the entire point of what that debate is even about. Really, what we must do is this. We must ask ourselves really four questions as to what is the purpose of music in worship. The first thing that we need to know about any piece of music that we're going to use is, does it contain good doctrine or does it contain heresy? Essentially, is it the song of the Lord or is it the song of the devil? And I'm not talking about necessarily how it actually sounds. I'm talking about the teachings that are in there. Does the teaching go along with the Bible and what we have been taught? Or is the devil trying to weasel in with his lies and twisting of Scripture? The second question that we need to ask is, is the music by itself manipulative? Or does it simply serve to emphasize what's already there? And perhaps this is easiest to see when we think about those movies that I was talking about. In movies, the writers of those songs use those songs to try and convey the emotions that they want you to feel at that time. In some way, they actually try to manipulate you into feeling those emotions. And that's not necessarily bad in a movie, that's kind of part of the point of a movie. You go to those in order to be entertained in that way. But that's not what worship is about. Worship is not about us being manipulated into feeling something that we don't actually feel. Worship is about us coming and recognizing the truth of what's already there. The truth that we are sinners in need of the salvation God is offering. 
And that's what our music needs to do as well. Our music needs to emphasize the truths that are already there. And therefore help us to understand the truths that we need. And then the third question is perhaps the most practical question of them all. Is the music actually singable? Or will the congregation just sit there and twiddle their thumbs and listen as Pastor belts out this song that he loves that nobody else in the entire congregation knows? Sorry. I know I've done that before. But it's a question that we must ask. Are the songs able to be sung? And then, the last question. And this is perhaps the most difficult question of them all. Is it reverent? Is the music that we use something that shows the truth that what we are doing here and now is set aside from the rest of the world? That this is a holy and sacred time and therefore we should have holy and sacred music? And the reason that this is difficult is because this looks very different depending on your context. A reverent worship service in Africa will look very different than a reverent worship service in China. Or a reverent worship service in Russia. Or even just here in America, a reverent worship service like here in rural Kansas will likely look very different than a reverent worship service in the middle of New York City. And yet, while it is a hard question to ask, it is an important question to ask. Because we need to understand that the purpose of music and worship is to praise God and to teach the people. And that if it's not doing that, then it needs not be there. Because the song that we sing here, the song of the Lord, is too important to mess up. It's too important to let the devil, the world, and our sinful nature weasel its way in through the music that we're using. It's too important for, to let us become lazy about the song. To let us not really care what the song is teaching or what it's trying to tell us. There's a reason that the Lutheran church was known and mocked even as the singing church. Before Luther came along, the songs had left the mouths of the lay people. They had been relegated to choirs of monks singing up in the choir loft with the Gregorian chants, which, make no mistake, are beautiful. But they just weren't singable by the people. They were often in Latin and therefore not understandable by the people. But when the Lutheran church came along, we put the songs back in the mouths of the layperson, rather than in the mouths of the priests and the monks. Luther used hymns just like the one we just sang a couple of minutes ago, in order to teach people the truths of Scripture, in order to give even people who couldn't read or write a way to learn the truths and remember them. And today we do the same. Today, we sing the praises of the God who has revealed his righteousness to us. We sing the praises of the Lord who has worked his salvation and remembered his steadfast love for us and that he sent his son to die for us. 
We sing songs recognizing the truth that we are poor, sinful beings that are in dire need of the forgiveness that God is offering us. And we listen to the truths that our Lord did something about that. That our Lord came and died on a cross for our sin. And we sing with joy the truth that our Lord rose from the dead, which means that we too will one day rise from the dead as well. That is the song of the Lord. The truth of what our Lord has done for us and the truth of what He's going to do for us. The truth that He died on the cross for our sins and the truth that He will one day come back and raise us from the dead. And when He does that, when He comes again, our song will continue. We will join in the celestial choirs with the angels, the archangels, and the saints. And we will sing the praise of our Lord who saved us. We will continue to sing the song of the Lord for all of eternity. Worshipping Him for what He has done for us. May we even now today already join in with those celestial choirs. May we today already sing the song of the Lord. Recognizing the truth of Christ crucified for our sins and raised from the dead. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.